And you're on. Thanks so much. Thanks to my awesome husband. (laughs) Thank you. I'm really glad to be here today. And I am so thankful for Jesse last week. He preached such a great message on being more than conquerors. Fantastic. He unpacked what that looks like from Romans 8 in our series as going through the book of Romans this summer. But he also told us how to do it. And what I really loved was the power of our words. Oh, there you are, Jesse. I'm looking all over. Thank you, Jesse. That was just a fantastic time. So anyone who wasn't here, get the CD. It was just one of those you'll never want to forget. So today we're going to keep on going. And I'm going to talk a bit more, especially Romans verses 5 through 10. But there's going to be a little twist partway through. So you guys ready? You want to go on? And um, in this series so far, have you guys enjoyed just the meat of Romans? Just getting, getting in? We started out talking about how we need a Savior. So we talked about our, our nature and the depravity. Like it was a bit of a downer, would you guys say, at the beginning? But unless you really know that you need a Savior, you really don't know how good the good news is. And it is good. You see, it's not only that our sins are forgiven, but our nature is changed. We are given a divine seed. Jesse mentioned how God breathes into us his Holy Spirit and how Jesus did that to the disciples. And it's just so important to meditate on these truths, to just chew and chew and chew them. But there's one thing that is important to remember. Although this divine enablement has happened immediately, we, get, we have the choice not to sin. We just don't walk into it automatically. There takes a, a union. There takes a, a thinking. So verse 5 and 6, 7 through 10 talks about set your mind on the things of the Spirit not on the flesh. When you set your mind on the spirit, it's life and peace. So we're not talking eternity here. We all know that we have eternal life. But there is a walking it out according to what we set our minds on. And so how we focus really affects. There's a a really neat research study. I love to read research studies from from Harvard. About 10 years ago, two doctors got together and designed a research study, and they took 84 maids, just your average maids, and they said, hey, we're going to do a fitness study. Oh, they just grumbled, like, oh, we're not fit. We don't have time to work out. We're working all the time. So they had this, um, they, they took the group, they did all the vital statistics, you know, measure body weight and all these kind of things, blood pressure, all those fun things. But then they, um, and then they let them go. Later, they took half of the group and they had doctors come and explain how everything they're doing, like making the bed, scrubbing the toilet, all that type of stuff, they outlined how many calories and what activity and what muscles each of those things were using. 
And so they told one half of the group, they didn't tell them to eat different or anything, but they said, you're already meeting the needs and the expectations of the Surgeon General. You have an active lifestyle. You're fit. So half the maids went about. So four weeks later, they go and they take the measurements. And they find something that surprised them. On average, the ones who had been given the instruction had lost an average of two pounds. Didn't change eating, didn't change anything. Their blood pressure was an average of 10% lower, and their body mass index was changed just from what they were presented with knowing they already were doing that. Isn't that amazing? So how we set our mind has an incredible impact on our behavior and our actions. And so today, what we're talking about is far more than mind-body connection. What we're talking about, in, in verse 11, and sorry I didn't have these up on the screen, but verse 11 says, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is now in you and will give life to your body. Can you believe that? So we're talking more than mind over matter. We're talking more than positive thinking. We're talking about a life change. But as Jesse pointed out, if we don't, if we don't believe it, it's, it's not going to change our experience. It has changed our eternity, but it's not going to change our experience. So, but here's the thing. I think there's something we're missing even though we've unpacked this so many times and it's part of our theology, this cord is driving me crazy. There we go. So um, I think there's a twist. I think there's something we're missing. So I've asked my wonderful husband, Mark, who looks awesome today, if he would come up and do a demonstration with me. Now, as Mark comes up, how many of you were here three weeks ago? My wonderful husband took the opportunity to express his opinion of a certain genre of movie that I enjoy. So as he comes, I would just like to talk about action-adventure movies. What? You claim, Hallmark, you've seen one, you've seen them all. Yeah. Let me talk about action-adventure. I didn't know you were going to do You were going to have action-adventure movie. You will be more intiquent intimately acquainted with the device that either is going to blow up an entire town or already has blown up an entire town, right? There's no need for characters. Some of the characters are even robots and machines. There's no need for anything. It's all about the blowing up device. Yeah. And it's not about saving small rodents or something in this town. It's the entire world. Yeah. Grandiose. That's why I watch them. That's good. Just saying. Just saying. Okay, so Mark, I've set us up. Yes. We're going to have a conversation. Uh-oh. Just kind of like we have conversations at home. Like a real one? Like, like a home? real one. Okay. Okay. So, snap. Take one. Did you call your brother? Uh, no. Mark, he's called three times. I'm left holding the bag. He thinks I'm such an idiot that I can't even give a message. And... You you do this. I know you don't like being on the phone. I know you don't like phoning back. Yeah. You you have to do some things that are hard. But um, he sent me an email and said we could talk about it by email. Oh. Okay. 
Do you guys see what I did there? It was brutal, whatever it was. <laughs> My mind was so set that this man was not going to call back. Has anybody got a call back? Never, never mind. I was so set that you weren't going to use the phone and phone somebody that I already had my mind set on a certain angle. I didn't even let you finish your sentence. It affected my listening. Does that make sense? You see, many times we read the scriptures and we think our mindset on things of the spirit means all about ourselves. We're Westerners most of, most of the time. We just think how these things are going to affect me. But when we start to look at the scriptures and let how God sees you affect my mindset, do you think that could be different? It would be helpful. Okay. <laughs> so, Darling. honey, <laughs> you keep retreating back. I'm afraid of you. Okay. <laughs> Let's let's change let's change gears. Let's. Oh, do I get to be yeah, a man you now? You get to be a man. Oh, and, that's better. And, um, you asked me. A I question. didn't like that feminine moment within okay. me. It was scary. Okay. okay. I felt stuff. Oh, okay. I never felt before. So tell me how you uh, ask me a question. Well, how are you doing with that um, surgical procedure you're going to have? Um, uh, how, are you, how, how are you doing with that? Well. Um, I'm feeling really nervous. I don't know well, Shel, really what's... Wait, well, you know, we talked about this. We talked about this. And I, I researched it on the Internet, and I showed you all the statistics, and that there's very few complications. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, don't, you don't have to feel that way. You, you don't have to feel that way. But, but I do. Yeah, but you don't have to. <laughs> Can you see right now that, that I'm helping you? Right? I'm, this is helpful, isn't it? Oh, yes. Because I always find it's really helpful when, when um, I, I have to tell myself these things. To see, I have to tell myself often. I mean, I had problems too, you know, you remember? I had problems <laughs> with the crutches. But I just told myself, I said, this, these, are, these are statistics from the Internet. And um, I got nothing from the Internet. And you know that it's right then, you know, from the Internet. And so I just looked at those things and I said to myself, Mark, you just have to believe those things. And that's what I did. Thanks, hon. I'm glad I could be of help. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Do you see what happened there? Now, there is a gift of teaching. There's a spiritual gift of teaching. There's a gift that we share with one another when we share information and that encourages us. I heartily believe that. But I think there's also something like letting each other talk. Really? Yeah, because if I had waited, if I hadn't had my mind so set that you needed correction, I would have let you talk. If you had had some, some confidence that I was kind of sorting out my feelings, you would have let me talk. But what happens when we have our minds set on Shelley needs the facts, so I'm going to give them to her. Mark needs to be corrected, so I'm going to do it. That's a mindset. And now, some of you are saying, yeah, well, that's fine. You're, you're man and wife, and, you know, you've got the Holy Spirit in you, as we talked about in the beginning verses. But what about non-Christians. And, and what about children? We need to 
teach and give direct instruction to children. So how, how is this mindset thing going to affect that? Another research study, this one was done in 1968, but many have been done since then, just hundreds. They, uh, similar, they took an average IQ test, okay, just a standardized IQ test, and uh, several grades of school in the elementary school. And a Harvard um, study doctor came and said, we're giving a, a test, but it's a special test. They put a different cover on it. And it was this big fancy name that was supposed to test the potential that that child was going to have in the next couple years for increasing their IQ. So all the kids took the test. That's just fine. Results came in. The research group ignored the results, and they randomly picked a selection of kids who they then earmarked as high potential. And they told their teachers, these kids are going to have a dramatic increase on their IQ, and it's, it's just going to be phenomenal, so look out for them. Two years later, this study is being tracked, what do you think they found? All those kids did better, conclusively. And the study's been repeated over and over in business places, in doctor's offices, in everywhere. It's called the power of expectation. And again, I'm not talking some guru positive thinking or expectation kind of thinking that's just going to poof. Let's step back a minute. How did Jesus interact with people? Take, for instance, how did he interact with unbelievers? You see, we're so quick to try to inform and teach and, and bring them to our place of understanding that, that we might roll right over. Right. It's, like, it's like trying to walk through a closed door. Have you ever walked through a closed door? Ouch! Ouch! Oh, Stephanie, I'm not, I don't know if Stephanie's here today. She teaches a great course on evangelism. One of the key points of evangelism, connect first. Right? Exactly. So we do have a message to share with the world, but I, I challenge you how. And parents... Again, how do we view our children? How have we sometimes labeled them? Freeze-framed them. Clutches or (laughs) whatever. Here's the thing. As the child grows, their brain develops. And there's different parts of the brain that come on track, and they start forming patterns as they try new things. They're called little synapses, and they form little trees in their new pathways. As they grow, when we do as Jesus did by asking questions, now I'm not talking if a small child's running out into the road, um, honey, what, what are you doing? No, I'm not suggesting that. Direct communication, let's get this really straight. What I'm talking about is as your child grows, if you're 
directly teaching and answering every question and fixing every problem for them, you're short-circuiting them. They're not forming any patterns. It's blank. Now, you're all saying, yeah, it's video games have formed those patterns. Still, video games are still, within reason, within boundaries, helping form some logical thinking. So don't diss them entirely, but don't be so involved and so controlling that you're short-circuiting. Same with one another. Same with one another. Mark and I did have this conversation before my neck surgery, and uh, it was funny. The first time we had it, we have this saying now where I say, um, if you let me express my feelings... Um, I won't have to start over again. <laughs> I won't have to start over again. <laughs> it works every time. Women, it's the key. Absolutely. They are terrified of having to hear your feelings more and more and more, right? So the key is tell them once we're good. So this time um, we tried again, and I said, can we try that again? And this time he said, well, tell me why you're nervous. And so I kept talking, and then I'd stop thinking, when am I going to get the you know, information download? And he just kept listening. And, you know, I talked through what I needed to talk through, and I no longer was nervous about the surgery. He let me come to some logical places that I sometimes didn't think I could come to on my own. Does that make any sense? So our minds set are so crucial. So how often do we start teaching? And how often do we start judging? Most of our bad habits come out of where our mind is set, where we're focusing our thoughts. Number one, are we fear-filled or faith-filled? When I'm looking at Anne, and I know she's had a bone graft, and I know she's having surgery, am I looking at Anne all filled of fear, and, oh, she must be hurting, and what's going to happen here? No. We have a beautiful relationship where we know we come to the throne with each other, and we lift each other up, and we're filled with joy and filled with peace. Our prayers aren't worry prayers for each other. They're... Sometimes I think we giggle because we see each other on Sunday and we're like, wow, what did God, how did God meet you this week? You know, and Maru and all of you, when I look at you, I see God's work in you. I don't see the obstacles. I don't see the hardships. If I did, then I'd be jumping into your worry. And the second thing is, do we have God's mindset or our own mindset? Now, what is our own mindset? Hmm. Kind of a bit of what Mark talked about earlier in Romans. That selfish, getting our own way. Yeah. That's our own mindset. If I am so convinced that Mark needs to call his brother when he needs to call his brother, 
I've got my, because I don't want to look foolish. It's like self, 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 self. There should be an alarm that goes off. But Bella's laughing at me. Um, so what God says is so crucial. So before we end, and we've got lots of time to pray, we've got some verses to look at in Romans. And um, to fill our faith instead of fuel our fear, I want to look at some of these verses in Romans. Chris has done such a great job of trying to follow me. Okay, Romans 8.18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Does that change? Does that change my ability to call Marcia and listen? I asked Marcia, excuse me, I asked someone, a friend of mine, nobody, <laughs> how she would like me to be a friend during this time. And she said, let's talk about the scriptures. Isn't that phenomenal? I really encourage you guys, if you have people in your life that are going through suffering, ask them, how can I be a friend to you? Why would none of us... I, I, I didn't used to think of saying that. It, it's, it's like when somebody has lost a loved one. How many of us really feel comfortable knowing what to say? No. So what do we usually do? Say nothing. Do you know that the hardest part of loss, the hardest part of grief, is isolation? And then we've compounded it because we're full of fear. We're compounding, oh, they must be feeling so awful and all these things, that we jump in. What would happen if we looked at our loved one who had our friend, our loved one, who had lost someone, and we had the eyes of Jesus. Now, Jesus wept. He wept when Lazarus died. But he wasn't filled with fear, was he? Now, let's look at the next one. Romans eight twenty six and 27. Can we do something fun? I mean, I know we're all dying of heat here. I've got a little fan. But... Can we all read this out loud? It's a long one. But, you know, wouldn't that be good for us to, and as you're reading it, think of how can this change the way I view the person on my right and the person on my left? Okay. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in the accordance of God's will. How does that, Chris, how does that change you when you think of praying for Rachel? Oh, I am so <laughs> That's right. Chris is a new husband. 
Wouldn't that help? Isn't that a help to know that you're not having to come up with the prayers? You're, you're coming and sitting with Jesus. Is this fan probably causing some problems? Excuse me. So having these thoughts set our minds can make a huge difference. Let's see the next one. God works all things for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Stop right now. I welcome you even to close your eyes. Think of that difficult person in your life. Think of the number of times you've used your brain to try to figure out how to change them, how to change the circumstance, how to change everything all around so you could feel better. Okay, that's one alternative. What about another alternative? God knows what this person in your life and and the effect this person has on you. And he's allowed it. And he's saying, I'm going to use all things and work together for good, for those who love me, for those who are called according to my purpose. Where's your level of peace? Can you, can you let go a bit of the worry and the striving of how to rearrange your life? Wouldn't that be incredible? What would our lives look like if our minds were so set on things of the Spirit that we didn't have to take over? My friend has a sign that says, um, It's me, God. I'll take it from here. Isn't that great? It's just fantastic. Do we have another verse? Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Is someone at work that we forget about? Is is God transforming us from the inside out and we've totally forgotten that? Well, maybe we remember it according to ourselves because, hey, I really blew it the other day and I need you to give me grace and, you know, God's working in me. But then I go over here and say, Mark, you know, you got, <laughs> you got to make those phone calls. You got to do things you don't want to do. What, what's with that? Having my mind changed by the scriptures, having my eyes cleared so that I am seeing a God who is working all things together for for good for those who love him and I'm also seeing a God who's working in you we have a fantastic group of young people Mark and I love having you guys over so much and the funnest part is just watching God work in your lives moment by moment by moment just seeing week after week 
these most amazing miracles come together. Things we never, we couldn't have, you know, navigated, you know, we couldn't have come up with and invented. But God is working in us. He called us. He, he justified and he's glorifying. He's making himself known in us. So we're going to have some ministry time but before we do, I want to give a little uh, trick. And it involves a mirror. How many of you have had musician, magicians up here doing mirror tricks? Anyway, this mirror is a cue for me when I'm listening to people. It's very, very important. And see if this can apply for you folks as well. When I'm talking with someone, I can have the mirror facing at me, and I can be so helpful. Aurelia, I know just what you mean. I went through the same thing, and what I found were these three verses pulled me out of it, and I knew exactly what to do. And then I'm hijacking. I'm hijacking. You've been sharing with me something. I totally hijacked it and turned it into me. Now, it was good. <laughs> Very helpful, I'm sure. But again, is this the way Jesus talked with people and saw them? Or, like I said, I can turn the mirror at you. And if you're having a hard day, I can just jump right in. Oh, Francisco, I know what you mean. I had a boss like that too. You know, that's terrible. Tell me more. I can jump right in. We can, I can come into your pity party and we can just have a great old time and the mirror's faced at you. Where else could the mirror face up? If the mirror's faced up, it's a reminder for me to see the person I'm talking to through the eyes of Jesus. To see them as called, justified, glorified. And if, if they're not a believer, I see them with the eyes of Jesus. I see the compassion that God has for him. You know, Jesus said, I, I cry. He was looking out over Jerusalem and he says, I cry. I long to gather you as chicks and bring you home to the Father. I long for that. Do we have that longing when we're talking to unbelievers? Or are we mad at their political beliefs? Just, just saying. <laughs> Are we so tied up with what's right or good or proper that we have gotten our own mindset in the way? So, we have a prayer team today. And Jesse, I would love if you could come up to be on one of the prayer teams, maybe with Julie, because... What you shared about your life and the power of seeing who
who you are in God as, as anointed, the gifts that he's given in you, not needing a title, but like walking in them. So the anointing and the gifting, Jesse, that, that God gave you in that message, I think some people here might still need some tweaking as far as their own image of each other. And then I also welcome people to come forward that are really getting tripped up. Maybe it's with a child they're having trouble with. Maybe it's with a parent. Maybe it's with someone hard that they just don't see how God could see them. Then I invite you to come forward. So our prayer team, if you're our prayer team, Mark, could you come up? Kobe, Rachel, anyone else that feels inclined? Donette and Les, Julie, Jesse. These are people that have experienced a mindset change and they want to impart that to you. That we may see more clearly, that we may experience the divine enablement to choose God over ourself, and that we could have the divine enablement to hold that mirror up so we are seeing people as God sees them. So thanks for playing. <laughs> I didn't ask ahead of time, but thank you for playing. And again, let this be a time where it just goes deeper and deeper. I haven't told you anything new that you didn't already know today, have I? We're looking at the same scriptures every day. Dr. Johnson says, we need to be reminded far more than we ever need to be taught. And this is a day where I invite you to let the Spirit of God, through the laying on of hands, through being prayed for, let the Spirit of God stir up in you and help you either your view of yourself or your view of another person. So, come Holy Spirit. Thank you.
that is broken. Great are you, Lord. Come on, let's just worship Him today. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you, only Great are you. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you. of our connect group leaders down. Phil, if you want to come and be a prayer team, a Bob or Ben, if you want to come and be a prayer team, you're welcome to. Marcia and Jeff, anybody. We'll, we'll worship for one more song. I'm really looking forward to seeing you all next week. When uh, David, if you want to, if you feel led to pray for anybody. And uh, So we'll worship one more song and then we'll go and jump into a cold pool, right? Greatness. 
Jesus, Lord. 